so thankful that we continue uh, to have the ability to worship uh, together today. We um, have worshiped uh, in song, so let's uh, continue to be thankful for the music. Um, our scriptures uh, have been read um, and want to continue to uh, move on uh, to this aspect of the service. Um, so as Genesis 37, uh, verse 9 through 11 were read, uh, the, the, the title or uh, thing that I want to use to sh- uh, shape our time together this morning is this thought. I had a dream. Uh, I had a dream. Let's pray. Gracious and heavenly God, we just say thank you for our God-given ability to dream. Um, and that dreams, the dreams that we have often are a reflection of our um, call, our call into service, our call into community, um, our call um, just to each other. Uh, be with us this morning as we continue to look at the life of Joseph, who gives us, I believe, some key um, elements of what it means to be good stewards of our call. We lift these things up to you, um, and we put them in the hands of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So verse 37, uh, Genesis 37, 9 through 11. You know, one of the things that I think is really um, important as it pertains um, to stewardship, uh, especially as it pertains to uh, stewardship, as we've been talking about the past couple weeks, um, is that realizing that in so many different ways, we are called to be stewards of so many different things. And I think that's um, it's important to recognize that so many elements of our lives, God has, has given us to be stewards over. Uh, we talked uh, the first week when we started this series about just the stewardship of community um, and how we are called to be together, um, how we are called to um, the basics of, of, of prayer, of, of fellowship, um, of the breaking of bread, and of the teaching of the apostles. Um, and last week, Pastor Josiah um, uh, spoke from Genesis 47 and really talked about, I think, stewardship um, over, um, I think, our finances and our blessings in a way um, that I think was very impertinent because he talked about how important it is for us to plan for lean times in times of plenty. And oftentimes when we are, you know, feeling, you know, having a sense of abundance, we usually do more, we raise our budgets, we do a whole bunch of uh, different um, things, but I think one of the things that Josiah pointed out that part of good stewardship is knowing when to prepare so that when the rainy days come, when the challenges come, uh, we still um, can continue to move forward. So thank you for that, uh, Pastor Josiah. Um, but today I want to talk about um, the stewardship of dream, the stewardship of call. Um, because one of the things that uh, I realize is that all of our, our dreams, our calls, our vision, our plans, you know, however we, whatever uh, word we want to use to describe them, are all God-given and cannot be accomplished without a steadfast devotion to God's guidance. If we think about our individual dreams and individual calls, I shared on my Facebook page the other day, you know, I was 19 when I uh, received my call to ministry, and I got this very clear picture um, that God was calling me to be a, a pastor, but at 19, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know when it was going to happen. And in the midst of, uh, of pursuing what I felt was a God-given call, 
There were so many different things that came in the way that made me question, had I heard him right? Uh, was I, was I, uh, worthy of this call? Could I even, um, do it? Uh, questioning some of the, the, the things that I had to do and whether or not they were really helpful. Um, and now I can look back, uh, 20 years later and think about every single job I had, every role I had, uh, the tough times, the good times, how they all fit into this narrative that God saw long before um, I saw it, those 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 individual dreams. And I wonder if you take time to think about it yourself. Um, is that could that be the same thing for you? Could that be the same for your testimony, regardless of where you find yourself, whether it's vocational ministry or um, your vocation is something uh, secular or non-traditional, uh, how God was guiding your steps, even in uh, the midst of trials along the way. And then I think about our corporate dreams. Our, uh, our dreams and our vision um, as a congregation, uh, because we know and believe that ultimately at the center of uh, any congregation, what uh, should be the, the, the most important focus um, is making disciples. And how we make disciples is, uh, is, is, is connected to how we share the gospel, how we engage in the community and the world around us. Are we creating a compassionate community that is relevant to the wants and needs and desires of the people who we are called to serve? That when people come into our doors, when people come into our doors as a result of what we're doing outside of the church, um, do they find community that they can be a part of, a community that they can connect to? All of these things um, are... Um, um, important, and so we put when we put together strategic plans and strategic maps and things like that. The the, the most important piece to be is the these strategies that we create um, together, led by the Holy Spirit. Um, are they accomplishing the most important goal, and that's drawing people uh, to Christ? But I think one of the things that is really difficult as it pertains to dreams, as it pertains to call, as it pertains to vision, especially when we talk about the stewardship of those things, is oftentimes when it comes to the things that we feel called to, uh, when it comes to the, the, the dreams that we have and the calls that we have, that oftentimes we see the end um, of that call. We see the glory. We see the lifting up. We see all of the perks and the benefits that come along with those things, and we oftentimes uh, overlook um, or negate the fact that on our journey to the destination that we believe God is calling us to, that there are a lot of pitfalls and a lot of struggles and a lot of hardships along the way. And brothers and sisters, the reality, I think if you don't hear anything else but this, the reality is the fact is that they go hand in hand. And I believe that you cannot develop the character and the fortitude and the wisdom that you need to uh, properly live into the call that you have if you continuously shun or avoid the hardship that comes along with making it. Other people will say it. Uh, my mentor was said like this, you, you you see the end of the story, but you don't see the entire narrative. You see the end of the book, but you didn't see chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. So yes, you see where I stand today, but what you have missed is all of the tears and all of the prayer and all of the heartache and all of the struggle that it took to get to this place. And more important than anything else 
is the faithfulness to trust God in the process and believe that all things are working out for the good of those who love him. And so all the things that you are going through are working to make you the person that God is calling you to be. Because what good is it to achieve a dream? What good is it to pursue a call if you don't have the character and skills that you need to sustain it? The, the 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 worst thing that anybody could do is do a whole lot of work to get somewhere but have not done the work that it takes to be able to stay. And so as we look at our text today, I believe that Joseph's journey, journey in Genesis um, from the field to the pit to the prison to the palace um, is full of characteristics that we all need as people to endure and be good stewards of the call um, that God has placed on our lives. I think one of the first things or the most important things is clarity of call. Clarity of call. We know that God is not the author of confusion. And so one of the most important things as it pertains to call and the things that we pursue is our ability to be able to speak clearly what we believe God is calling us to. Now, ultimately, we might not know every single step. Ultimately, we might not know, be able to map out the entire journey. But the, the what they say, a journey of a thousand miles begin with one step. And that first step is having some sense of God-given direction. When we look at the text, we see it very clearly. Um, in verse 37, verse 9, it says, Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. Now, we see that at this point, this was the second dream that Joseph had, um, that he was able to tell his brothers what he saw. Now, we know, uh, most scholars believe, that the first dream that Joseph had was not necessarily... um, a God-given dream. But we see once Joseph had that second dream that we can now believe based on what we saw in the rest of the book that this was an indication that God was beginning to work things out in order for this to happen. Uh, because there's this theme of a doubling um, in this chapter, particularly toward the end. So you see that Joseph had two dreams. We see that um the the, 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 the the baker and the cupbearer, there were two dreams there. You see that there were two dream there were two trips um, to Israel um, or down to uh, Egypt that both seem to have um, uh, dire consequences for one of the brothers. So there's this there's this theme of doubling happening. And so we're able to look forward and now look back and say that this second dream was an indication that God was at work here. And so Joseph saw clearly um, what God was calling him to, he was able uh, to to discern that God was calling him to something big, that there was some ruling that he was going to do. And so there was a clear sense of calling in the midst of their call that it might have been a little naivete, it might have been a little arrogance um, and ignorance that you expect from somebody who was about 17 years old. But God was calling him to something. So the first thing that we see was a clear clarity of call. But the second thing that I believe is important that you see happening over the course of the story of Joseph's life, but there also needs to be a sense of maturity. 
Because the worst thing that you can have is a person with a sense of call who is not mature enough to handle that call. And what we see is that initially Joseph was not very mature. Because part of maturity is being able to discern. If you look at the text uh, in verse 37, it starts It starts by telling you in around verse 2 that um, Joseph wasn't very well liked by his brothers. Uh, Joseph had received undue favoritism. And when you think about the concept of favoritism throughout the narrative of Genesis, we see that uh, in the parental relationships with children, whether it was Jacob and Esau, Isaac and Ishmael, um, and just any other, you know, brother that we see, there was always a favorite. And somehow this favoritism always caused struggle and strife amongst the siblings. And this was no different. And so Joseph, um, not Joseph, so Jacob, who had suffered from the favoritism that he got, um, had not learned his lesson and, 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 and added this, 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 uh, this, this strife. To his own son, especially when the text said that Joseph was his favorite because he was the child of his old age. And so even Joseph being his favorite was not anything because of Joseph's personality or Joseph's characteristic. It was very egotistical of, 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 of Jacob to place or favor over Joseph. And what it did was put a target on Joseph's back. And so not only could they not uh, speak a, a, a good word to him. Well, good word about him or to him. When when Joseph continuing to want to gain his father's favor, gives his father bad reports about his brother, it only makes things worse. Brothers and sisters, I think maturity would tell us in those moments when God has given us dreams, God has given us call, we have to be extremely um What's the word I'm looking for? We have to be extremely cognizant of who we share those dreams and those calls with. Because sometimes when we share uh, what God has placed on our heart, when we share them in the wrong places, the response that we get can be discouraging. And so, so what we see in the beginning is that Joseph did not have the maturity that he needed to execute the call that God was placing. He didn't have the right attitude. He was a he was a tattletale. He was a little braggadocious. Uh, he wasn't a good brother to his brothers, and he and he wasn't able to discern that he was not in the company of supporters, but he was in the company of supplanters. And so he was sharing this this beautiful dream with people who do not, did not have the emotional or physical capacity to help him get to where he was trying to go. And, and, and part of the issue was not just that they were against him, but he rightfully was not very well liked. And so there was some maturity that needed to happen and some emotional maturity, some emotional development, some, some inner uh, um, work that has to happen in order for Joseph to understand who he needed to be in order to be the person that God was calling him to be. But the other thing was this. Maturity helps you understand the why of the call. Joseph obviously was in pain. Joseph obviously was hurt that his brothers didn't like him. He was trying to get his father's acceptance. And so when he had this dream of grandeur, when he had this dream, when he saw uh, 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 the stars were bowing down to him, 
He was, he was focused on the bowing, but not focused on the why. So part of understanding the, 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 the power of call, once you have the clarity of call, is being mature enough to also know why God is calling you, what the bigger purpose is. Because brothers and sisters, as much as we want to be um, excited about the fact that God is calling us and God is using us and God is doing powerful things through us, the things that he is doing and using us for go beyond us. And yes, maybe there's some benefits that we reap, but ultimately God is doing it for the betterment of the people around us and that we come in contact to. And we see right now that Joseph did not have the maturity to understand that. But that comes later. The third thing is this. We talked about clarity of call. We talked about maturity. The third thing that we need, I believe, to be good stewards of the call that God has given us uh, is integrity. Is integrity. If you look at, if you read through Genesis 39, and I won't do it today, but in Genesis 39, we find ourselves, um, it's the story of Potiphar's wife. And we see that in the story of Potiphar's wife, uh, Potiphar's wife pursuing Joseph. Now here's the reality, brothers and sisters. I think that many of us come into situations similar to that Potiphar's wife situation. Joseph being a servant. Joseph having been put in the pit by his brother, sold into slavery, being in prison, um, now is uh, in, in, uh, in service. Had this opportunity with Potiphar's wife. The reality of the fact is it might have been in that moment beneficial for him to give Potiphar's wife what she wanted. It might have been conducive to his situation to find favor for somebody in the palace. But in that particular time and in that particular uh, position, what Joseph had to discern was whether or not this, this, this non-righteous act that may have benefited him temporarily, would it derail him to keep him from being able to give God the ultimate glory? Brothers and sisters, many of us, as we work toward our call, often have opportunities to take shortcuts. We often have opportunities to, to find a way to skirt around the process. Because again, the process is hard. The process is uncomfortable. The process is unsure. We don't necessarily know how long it's going to take. And there will all be t always be times where the enemy presents opportunities for us to skirt our way around the processes that God has called us to go through. But brothers and sisters, not only when, when we take shortcuts, not only do we uh, 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 short short uh shorthand the process that God wants us to go through for our own personal development, but it also goes to challenge our character. And the one thing that has to be in place when we are pursuing God's call is character and integrity. Because character and integrity will take you further than gifts. There's a whole lot of gifted people who find themselves out of service because they had lapses in integrity. And so there's this sense of the need of clarity of call. There's this sense of the need that we have to constantly be maturing in the call, but we also have to maintain integrity throughout the process in order to allow God to continue to use us the way that he wants us to be used. And so Joseph, in chapter 39, had his opportunity to short circumvent the process, but instead he continues to, to, to have integrity in order to be used by God. And it ends him up 
back in jail. And brothers and sisters, part of the thing that we have to understand is there may be what seem like setbacks in our process. It, it, it may seem like we're taking a step back, but God was using this because this setback that put him back in prison was ultimately a setup to get him where he needed to go. And so we have to maintain integrity throughout the process and trust that everything that we're going through in our process, even though it's uncomfortable and, um, and, and painful and inconvenient and it causes us to question, that maintaining integrity is one of the most important things that we can do because God is always working. And, and, and this is the reason why clarity of call is so sure because when you know where you're going, you'll be able to more rightly discern things that are coming to take you off your path. See, when you don't know where God is calling you to, you, you listen to any voice, you're shaken by any wind and any wave or any change, any challenge makes you want to throw in a towel or makes you wonder if you've even heard from God in the first place. But when you, when you know where you're going, when you know what God is calling you to, when things come in your way and come in your path, you can see a distraction a mile away. You can see uh, you can you can see something that's coming to knock you off the path a mile away because you know, nope, that's not going to get me there. Nope, that's not going to get me there. No, that's not a God. Nope, that's a shortcut. Nope, I got to keep going. Joseph's integrity kept him, kept him, kept him in, in, the, in the favor of God. <clears throat> But it landed him back in the palace. But when he was in the palace, as you read, I mean, in the prison, as we go through Genesis chapter 41, then there are the dreams. And even though uh, they had forgotten Joseph the first time, this opportunity when Pharaoh had this dream, Joseph came to mind and, and, and the cupbearer says, he says, hey, there, there was a guy I remember that might be able to help you. But here's the next thing. Candor. Speaking truth. So there's the clarity of call, there's the maturity, uh, there's the integrity, and then there's candor because here's the other thing. Joseph, after being in prison again, after being put in the pit, after all of these things that he went through, he tried to do the right thing, and it seemed like every time he did the right thing, he ended up in trouble. He has an opportunity. He is, he is with Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him of this dream. Joseph knows very well that the outlook on the dream is not very good. Now Joseph is in a position where he he he's probably wondering, hey, I can tell Pharaoh what he wants to hear, and ultimately that might give me some some relief right now. But there will be consequences to the dishonesty at some point down the road. And so Joseph takes this opportunity again. I believe continues to trust God, even though. Honesty before and integrity before didn't uh, do him any justice. He takes this opportunity and says, listen, I'm going to just tell you the truth. We got some rough years coming. And if we don't prepare for them now, we won't survive the rough years. And based on what you have shared with me, I believe this is what is coming and this is what you should do. I believe to Joseph's surprise what he saw 
was Pharaoh being responsible? Because I believe, brothers and sisters, ultimately, when the spirit is at work, that we are, are, are speaking truth and love when we are being and having integrity in what we share and what we say, that God honors that. And so as a result, whereas Joseph could have taken another short, shortcut, Joseph could have lied to save his neck, what he did was tell the truth. And from that conversation, he was appointed second in command in Egypt. Joseph was beginning to see the realization of the call that God had placed on his life all those years ago. Joseph had spent time in the pit. Joseph had been, had been beaten and bruised. He had been enslaved. He had been falsely accused. He had been imprisoned multiple times. He had been forgotten by people that he looked out for. But, 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 but in this moment, we see that Joseph... Because he stayed faithful, because he had clarity of call, because he was beginning to mature, that made he maintained integrity, and he and he continued to be honest, that he began to see the fruition and the culmination of all of the years of pain and all of the years of suffering and all of the years of struggle being realized in this moment as he ascended from the field to the pit, from the pit to the prison, from the prison to the palace, back to the prison, now to be in second in command, whose power only paled in comparison to the Pharaoh himself. What a place to be. But the last thing, brothers and sisters, that Joseph established that I think that we all need in order for us to, to, to be good stewards of what we've been called to. Whether it's our individual dreams, our vocations, our call, whether it's our families, our marriages, our children, our, 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 our singleness, our resources, all of the things that God has given us that we are stewards of. There was one other thing that I believe that we see. And it's in chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph says this. As his brothers stand before him, as he, as as we see now, his brothers actually bowing before him in need. Joseph says this: as they are, as they are, are begging for forgiveness, as they are begging for mercy. Joseph says this, but Joseph, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, "Don't be afraid." Am I in the place of God? You now see the maturity that Joseph didn't have in the beginning uh, uh, playing out here now uh, because he basked in the thought of his brothers bowing before him in the beginning. He basked in that adoration, but he now sees that it was not that God was elevating him to a godlike status, but God was actually elevating him to be in a position to care not just for his family, but for the entire country and the entire uh, land of Egypt. So there's some humility had happened. And so he goes on and says, am I in the place of God? No. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to the saving of many lives. See, what has developed in Joseph is a sense of compassion and a sense of grace. See, brothers and sisters, part of us 
uh, uh, sometimes as we begin to accomplish the goals that we set out to accomplish, as we begin to get to the places that God has called us to, instead of remaining uh, humble and compassionate and being grace-filled people, we allow ourselves to be arrogant and forget that it was God who gave us the skills to get there. It was it was God who carried us there and was God who protected us and watched Joseph through his through his journey. Uh, through his his struggles and his trials, and had developed humility. He had developed uh, compassion. He had developed grace, and he understood that the power that he had now had wasn't about him. The power that he now had was about the people. The the power that he now had, that he now had was not about vindication and getting back at his brothers for what they had done. That the power that he now had was about saving lives. And brothers and sisters, it's the same thing as we develop the characteristics that we need to steward our call. It's this uh, this understanding or this remembering that all of the gifts that God has given us, we are to use. Uh, to, de- to, to develop and, and usher in his kingdom here on earth. That all of the things that God has blessed us with and called us to be steward over. So as we as a church are steward over, stewards over our building, as we are steward over the finances and the gifts that people give, as we are stewards over our staff, as we are stewards over our volunteers, as we are stewards over our community. That it's not because we're so good, that it's not because we are so great, but it's because God has called us and wants to use all of our experiences and all of the things that we have journeyed through in order to bring glory to his name. All of the pain that Joseph endured put him in a position to save lives. I wonder if we could, could, could begin to look back over our journeys and, and understand that all of the hardships had an outcome that maybe benefited somebody else. Could we still remain faithful? Could we still keep pressing forward when we realize that ultimately our journey isn't for our own benefit as much as it is for the benefit of the kingdom of God? Even as it pertains to our individual dreams and individual calls, whatever that may be, uh, we are stewards of that call. We are stewards of that God-given dream. And brothers and sisters, I believe in order for us to, to, to live into it fully, we must, like Joseph, maintain clarity of call. We must allow ourselves to be mature and understand what it fully means to be people who are called by God to vast different areas of life. That in the midst of our pursuit, that we must maintain integrity. We must not take shortcuts. We must not take the easy way out. As difficult as it sounds, the struggles that we are called to are still part of the journey. That truthfulness, that truth and love. It's always important, even when it seems like the hard truth that we need to speak may cause problems for us. Ultimately, we need to trust that God is working and God has the final say. But in the midst of it all, we must remember to not be arrogant, to not be self-centered or self-serving, because we know that God put us through it. To help somebody else. That God called us. To usher in. 
and build up his kingdom. Joseph says that what you intended for evil, God planned to accomplish good. The good that you see now. Brothers and sisters, let's, let's be good stewards of the call that we have as a church. It's a call that we have as people who are serving and bringing honor to God. Because ultimately it's beyond us, it's bigger than us. God is doing it to save lives. There's a world that is lost. There's a world of people who are dying who need to hear the good news of the gospel message and need to hear it unhindered. So the church can't be a place that lacks compassion and grace. The church can't be a place that lacks candor. The church can't be a place that lacks integrity. The church can't be a place that doesn't have mature Christians. And the church can't be a place that doesn't have a clear sense of call. Because we need those things to save the lives that God is calling us to save through the power of the gospel. Through the mission that he has called us to, to create opportunity for people to hear the good news and hear that God loves them. Amen? Amen. Lord, we ask to say thank you. Uh, we ask that we just hear this word, um, dear Lord, and um, just challenge our hearts and our minds that leads to a change um, in action or continuing down the path, even when the path gets um, difficult. We love you and we lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen.